0: Now, for those of you that have journeyed with us through the book of Mark over the past couple of months already since, uh, I think we started in October, October, November already. Um, So we are now today in the book of Mark chapter five, and if you've got your Bibles there, you can turn there with me, otherwise it will be behind me on the screen. I just wanna quickly do a bit of a recap of Mark chapter four, the last little bit that we shared so that you know um, where Mark chapter five uh, kicks off. Now in chapter four, we found the disciples after Jesus ministering to a crowd that was so rowdy and so numerous that that he actually had to minister from a boat and then uh, they they got on the Sea of Galilee, went to the other, other side of the lake and then we found them in the storm. You remember, they were basically battling for their lives. They were thinking they're gonna die. And Jesus was asleep in the boat. They woke Jesus up. Jesus got up, just rebuked the storm, and everything was quiet. And then I asked you, do you think that they were fearing for their lives within the storm? I asked you, do you think then when the storm subsided, uh, were they then did the fear leave them? Um, and then I showed you that in that moment, yes, they were so glad that, the, that, that uh, the storm subsided. But it said, Mark chapter 4 says, but they were terrified because they were thinking, who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. So the disciples with this thought and and these thoughts within their hearts, understanding, listen, that we know he's got great teachings and we've seen some miracles that he's done already, but, but addressing the wind and the waves. So this is the way in which they arrived on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So the moment they arrived and they got off the boat, this is where Mark chapter 5 kicks off. And if you, if you would uh, read this with me from, chap, uh, from chapter 5 verse 1, it says this, So they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down a steep bank into the lake, and they were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and to the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. And When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and they told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but he said, go home to your own people. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this morning we can can read your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would just make your word alive in us. I pray for myself, Lord, as I minister this word, I pray that your fingerprints will lay heavily on this word being shared to every heart. I pray, Lord, that that there will be less of me and more of you as we sit around your word this morning, and I pray that your word will bear fruit in every heart. This is our heart's desire, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So we find Jesus and his disciples arriving at the shore. And the moment this happened, we see that when they went across the lake to the Gerasenes, Jesus got out of the boat and the man, this man with the evil spirit, came from the tombs and ran towards Jesus. So Jesus came straight from confronting nature, addressing the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Such a storm that it was life-threatening. The disciples very glad that now the sea is calm. I almost want to say from the frying pan into the fire. From one storm that was calmed and left them terrified. Now stepping on the shore... And this demon-possessed man came running to Jesus. And it says he was shouting at the top of his voice. Can you imagine? Just for a little while, just, just quickly. Just make it practical for yourself. Can you imagine the response on the disciples' faces? Can you, can you imagine their reaction? Everything nice and calm. Jesus is with us. Oh my goodness, he is a madman. <laughs> running to them. Straight at Jesus. I'm just thinking firstly of Peter. Ready. You know, come closer, buddy. I'm going to chop you. I'm going to cut you. Can you imagine what they must have thought? Can you imagine this view of a storm outside being calmed, knowing what Jesus can do with a word addressing nature? seeing what happens when that storm is not outside, but when that storm is inside. This man with this violent storm, this destruction from within, running to Jesus, but then falling on his knees at Jesus' feet. Now let's quickly just go to our passage again. I wanna show you this when it says, it actually explains, gives us a bit of clarity because it's important for us to see the circumstance. But it's also important for us to see this man. What was happening here? God was obviously teaching them something through this man. And Scripture gives us a pretty good description of the man and what was happening inside of them. I'm gonna read it for you. It says, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to him. The man lived in the tombs that no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. It almost, you know, if, if I read it, it almost seems impossible. How can somebody be so distorted, so broken, so such a turmoil within him that nobody was able to bind him anymore. And he was living outside of town, amongst the tombs, amongst the the dead bones. You see, it says he was often chained. You can read it there. It says, for he had often been chained, hand and foot. Why would they chain him? Because there was no control over this man. Not even from himself or from outside, nothing could be controlled. He was bound, often hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart. He ripped the chains apart. Make no mistake: whatever was was was, was this legion of demons that will that will get into that was tormenting this man from the inside. There was such a brokenness, such a a, a violent storm within him that even chains could not hold or could not tame that depravity. And he would break the chains. No one was strong enough. And, and I want to show you these words. He says, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stone." always say to you don't leave these things in the air think about this man of everything people would experience you would warn your kids don't walk in that area don't go near that people would 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 make sure that they that they're not in that area that that they actually uh, um, uh, 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 take a detour not to be confronted with him yes But not only from the outside, he was shunned and and, and marginalized and put to the side and, and almost dealt with like an animal. Even this man from the inside, we see him cutting himself. It's almost an act of trying to get whatever is hurting him on the inside to get that out. A natural battle to deal with this spiritual storm on his inside. Things that he didn't understand. Things that that, that he could not control, but that he wanted to deal with. So just for a moment, see this man broken, cutting himself, not being able to be subdued. This man was running wild, naked, unkept, looking like an animal basically. Everybody was against him. Nobody wanted to get close to him. I don't even want to imagine when was, when was the last time this man had any form of contact, any form of somebody comforting him. For how long was he without anything positive, loving, gracious in his life? Now I know not all Demonization or attacks and works of the enemy in people's lives is like that. That kind of expression, so blatantly obvious. No, some are very, very subtle. Corinthians 11 says, "No wonderful Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then, that if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. so make no mistake. it's not always somebody running around amongst tombs." that are being battered and bruised and killed and destroyed and be stolen from on the inside. Sometimes it's with the disguise of an angel of light that the enemy comes to steal and destroy and slowly but surely pushes you to the outside, slowly but surely distorts your life to the point where you cannot recognize yourself anymore and not only other people cannot control you, but you cannot even control yourself anymore. But let's leave that there. See, the important part of this account to remember is this. Us, as the crown of God's creation, mankind, We were made in the image of God, yes? Genesis 127 points to this. We were made in the image of God. We were not only made in the image of God, but mankind also brings glory to Him as we manifest His image. As we live the way God made us to be, we actually declare God's glory moment by moment, day by day. That is how we were made. Now make no mistake, the enemy, Satan, hates this. He hates how we are made in his image. How when we live, And when we function how God made us, declares His glory, He hates this. He hates you truly alive. He hates the fact that if you live according to God's will and purpose, made in the image of God, you are truly free. Satan hates this. Therefore, he would always try to distort and destroy the image of God in man. Sometimes through oppression or possession. Sometimes to the extent that this man's life was distorted. Sometimes very subtle, but the enemy is always trying to distort the image and the beauty of God's glory and God's design in one's life. Tertullian says it this way, says the glory of God, of, of God is man fully alive. Fully alive. A man and a woman fully alive. That is the glory of God. Therefore, the constant attack on the image of God in our lives. So we are called to do everything we can to reflect, to live fully alive, truly in the image of God. So when this man saw Jesus from a distance, he ran. I can imagine within myself, with a torment inside of him, I don't know about you, but I don't think demons would, by themselves, just run to Jesus. There was a little bit of control still in this man running to Jesus, the demons trying to pull him astray, trying to do this, trying the violent part. But this man ran and fell on his knees in front of Jesus because nothing and no one, man or spirit, every knee will bow before the King of kings and the Lord of all. Amen? That is true. So this man, demon possessed and all, fell on his knees in front of Jesus. Now again, let's quickly go to the disciples. The disciples seeing this man, this madman coming towards Jesus. Ah! Shouting at the top of his voice, but on his knees. Oh, he's setting them up again. He cast himself on his knees. A lot of the commentary says surprisingly he cast himself on his knees. I must be honest, I was not surprised. It's Jesus you're dealing with. It's the one that quiets the storm with a word. And if you stay long enough with this demonized man, you'll see it again. At the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me because Jesus said out of him, you demon spirit, you evil spirit, and now this man is on his knees, but the demons are communicating. Saying, What do you want with me? Can you hear? And, and you read this in the passage, it talks about me and us. There's such a distortion and such a confusion. He says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high? I swear to God that you won't torture me. Jesus stood firm, addressing the spirit in the man. Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him. Now here's why I want you to stay with me. Jesus asked him, what is your name? What is your name? Legion. My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Now just, please just follow me. Do you think Jesus did not know how many demons were in this man? <laughs> Hello? But he did not ask, what is your names? Identify all of you. Hello? But still, we built, let, let, let me not digress into that, into, into how we make this a theology. We've got to ask, what is your name? No, Jesus asked the man, what is your name? What is important to God? What is important to him? Did the demons know who Jesus was? Did Jesus know who they were? Come on, you've just got to follow with me. One and one is two, yeah. And Jesus asked the man, what is your name? And the demons didn't shut up. Because Jesus was talking to him. And the demon said, we are many. Not gonna allow you to talk to him yet. We are legion. Legion is about 6,000 strong company. A battling company. With about 700, oh, 120 to 700 horsemen around that as well. So it's a, it's a decent amount. So for, for these Jews, Seeing this and knowing the, the, what, a, what a legion means, they knew that this was now, the disciples are watching this and says, we are many, we are a legion, we are a mob. It was a chilling submission or admission. A Roman legion, as I said, was about 6,000 soldiers. To the disciples there, they knew there was a relentless battle and distortion going on inside of this man. While all of this was happening, the demons kept speaking, these evil spirits kept speaking, and they said this a large herd of pigs was feeding on nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Now please remember: the moment Jesus entered the picture, dark couldn't stay dark anymore. Yes. It couldn't stay among the tombs anymore. Jesus enters confrontation begins. Hello? So now we know who this man was. We know what was happening inside of him. We know these demons were talking through him. And now Jesus starts addressing this. These demons knew that time was up. I want you to see this. When Jesus wakes up in the boat, the, storm star, the storm's time is Done. When Jesus arrives on the shore, what, did it say many times they try to subdue him? For a long time, this man was there, running wild, being tormented. But when Jesus arrives on the shore, confrontation begins. His demons asked, they said, don't send us, allow us. The words are so good. It said, send us amongst the pigs. Allow us to go into them. These demons are now, we are many, we are a legion. But please don't send us away. Are you with me? We know we can't stay. But they ask, would you allow us to go into the pigs? You can read it with me. Would you allow us to go into pigs? He says, he gave them. Come on, guys. <laughs> A legion of demons. Jesus. I told you, I see things in pictures, man. I, I love the practicality of it. Son of God standing there in this legion of demons inside this man. Would you allow us, please? We don't want to leave the area. Just send us into the pig's. And I want to show you this. It says, would you allow us to go into them? He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake where they drowned. Can you imagine the storm, the brokenness, the turmoil within this man if those demons was allowed to be sent out? 2,000 pigs committing suicide at once. My heart breaks when I think about how it must have felt on the inside of that man. I can't imagine that 2,000 pigs would rather die than host these demons. Then I understand him cutting himself, trying to rip out everything that is within I'm not going to try to explain what that, I don't think we can go there. But 2,000 pigs died because of the storm inside one man. Sometimes we underestimate the depravity and the brokenness of somebody on their knees crying for help. Sometimes we miss the dire need of people saying, God, to help me of people coming to us I cannot go any further I can't make it one more day make no mistake it's still a battle I'm here to tell you this morning the enemy is not on break he's still trying to steal and to destroy and to kill the image of God within God's men and women Is trying to distort the image of God. How many people walk around with a storm on the inside, not being able to be controlled on the outside, but on the inside saying, you know what? I don't even, I don't want to, but I do. It's as if I'm enslaved by what carries me, what drives me, what kills me, and destroys me on the inside. But I've got good news for you. I know this is a sobering picture. I've got good news for you. The one that knows, the one that cares does not stay on the other side of the lake. He says, come on, let's get in the boat. Even if there's a storm on the way because there's a man with a storm on the inside. That's what matters to him. The winds and the waves he addresses moment by moment, day by day. But his desire is not to say to the wind and the storms, that's not his primary desire. Be calm. His desire is to say, my son, my daughter, you are mine. You are purchased. You are bought with a price. Let me quiet the storm inside of you and out anything that does not belong. What does it mean when we are set free by Christ? It means that he addresses the things the stuff that we cannot address ourselves. Amen. I want to say I'm sorry for getting too excited, but I'll be lying. You see the dramatic end of these pigs preachers. It says to us, and he's able to do far more than you can see. He's able to identify how violent the storm is within, even if no one else can see it. Please follow with me. Those tending the pigs, they ran off, reported to the town and the nearby village. They told them, Listen, come see what happened. When they came, and now you've got to stay with me. When the townspeople came, they found him sitting there. You've got to get this. This is a man that ran around like an animal that they couldn't bind with chains. They found him sitting there. In Luke, it says, they found him sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, dressed. And in his right mind. Think about the picture. A storm within that the disciples saw. A word from Jesus. Okay, you've got permission. Go into the pigs. The townspeople came out and they saw a man that had almost no representation of what God made him to be anymore. Sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, I want you to picture the man's face and the look in his eyes because I can promise you this. He wasn't looking at the disciples. I can promise you he was not looking at the townsfolk. I can promise you his eyes and his face was only fixed on the one that said, okay, go, leave him. I'll tell you this. If he sets you free, there's only one place your gaze stays. And it's so important to remember. They found him sitting there, love struck, in awe of the one that with the word did what change could never do, what townsfolk could never do, what no one could do, Jesus did. In a moment, I found him sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. What a testimony. What a testimony of how Jesus did what Jesus did. And this man again reflecting what God made him to be. I can imagine some of the townsfolk coming and saying, oh, so Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? You said the demon, where is he? No, here he is. No, 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 the man that was like an animal. Where is he? Yeah, this is him. Look. Yeah, but he looks different, of course. He's free. He's not screaming, no. (laughs) There's no storm within. It's all calm. I honestly think some must have thought, can't be him. Cannot be him. I can tell you there's quite a few people I know today that by the grace of God, they are unrecognizable. Quick testimony, I'll interrupt myself. There's a guy in Springs, his name is Chaka. Believe me, all all of us know him. Before, Before the storm was calmed, he was a storm of a man. Somebody that never showed any form of weakness. The moment God changed him, man, you could not even say Jesus without him crying. It's just changed. Renewed. You see, Jesus restored the image of life and peace in this profoundly disfigured man. And he made him new again. Such a transformation can only be God. I want to share with you the last little bit that really got me. We would be naive if we think that the enemy is not active, yes? And I think we can testify to the fact that what Paul says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against we can't tear those scriptures out of the word. We can't take them away. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. That's our struggle. So if that's the case, then we've got to look at this and we've got to learn. We've got to ask ourselves. Where do we find ourselves? Sometimes we find ourselves with storm within that, that needs to be addressed. The enemy attacking, destroying, and killing us within. But sometimes we also find ourselves as the townspeople coming to see what Jesus did. They were amazed. Make no mistake, they were amazed. But they were afraid as well. I'll read it for you. It says, They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then... The people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Now, please follow with me because this part of the story I struggled with. This part of this account I struggled with. Jesus came and did what they could not do. In the lifespan of this man, Jesus did in a moment. This man was sitting there, clothed free. They came, They just like the disciples, seeing the storm being calmed, they were terrified to ask, who is this man? This townspeople arrived and realized that this is something godly. But they were afraid. Now, here's the part that surprised me. They pleaded with him, please leave. Why? If the one that's able to set free to the extent that this man was set free, why would they ask him and plead with him, leave? You know why? For the same reason the demons pleaded with him not to leave the area. Some of you are, what? Did they say that? Yeah, go read it. The demons pleaded with him not to drive them out of the area. They wanted to stay in the area, even if it's pigs, they wanted to stay there. Why? Because there they were allowed to stay. They were allowed to enforce fear. They were allowed to roam freely. They were allowed to control men and women. They were allowed to do what they want. You might say, but there was just one demonized man that was set free, yes. But there was a whole town filled with people that cared more about 2,000 pigs than they did one man's freedom. I'll say that again because you've got to get this. You see, when God comes and sets you free, there's a change. There's things that need to change. One person's soul is more valuable in God's eyes than somebody's very successful bigotry. Okay, I'll put it in natural terms because it seems that the, I wanted to join the dots. But people's lives are more important than your business, your children's lives are more important than your money. What God does in your soul is more important than what you can do in life. Whatever you earn pales in comparison. Whatever you can master, can gather, can, can sustain, can do, can reach, life will trash your trophies, I promise you. Yesterday's trophies will be tomorrow's trash. Yes. Hello? Yeah. According to this, account, Jesus will willingly, easily, without delay, sacrifice 2,000 pigs for one naked, broken and bruised man. Hello? Sobering, isn't it? What does this mean? It means that your comfort, it's not God's number one priority. Your soul is. Hello? It means that your prayers and the answer to your prayers is not his first priority. You might say, no, 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 it must be. No, what did they pray? What did they ask? They asked him to leave. But he changed this man. He renewed this man. They asked him to leave the area. You might say, we've got you there. He left the area. (laughs) Read with me. So everybody wanted Jesus to leave, right? Everybody wanted Jesus to leave. I guess there was just at least one guy that didn't want it. Just, just, between you and me. No, stay. Leave our area. No, please, please, Lord, please stay. Like they're gonna put. I'm, I don't want to end up there again. Please stay. But if you can't stay, Lord, then I'm coming with you. I'm gonna get in this boat. The disciples are busy pushing the boat. Jesus said, okay, you want me to leave? I'm going to leave. They're pushing the boat already. This guy is holding on. I, I, I'm, I see him grabbing on Jesus' clothes, saying, Lord, please, just let me go with you. Say, Peter, you're making too much of it. Eh? It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged. Can you say that with me? He begged to go with him. Please read with me. Jesus did not. Now, okay. The rest, remember it. But please pay attention. The demons asked permission. For what? To, To stay and to go into the pigs. What did Jesus say? Yes, yeah, you can go. I give you permission. Demons. This man, I dare to say the most righteous man at that moment in that whole area. The man most free. Asked. No, no, sorry. He begged. Please, can I go with you? You know where I'm going? And Jesus said, no. Do you think there wasn't space in the boat? Okay, let me, let me share why. The demons, Jesus said, okay, you can go. Pigs are not as important to me as him. Want to stay in the area? Stay in the area. There you go. Just leave him. Jesus said "Him free." he said, I want to go with. He said, no, no, Jesus said, no, no. I I did not get in the boat and crossed and calmed the storm and taught my disciples that with a word I can calm the storm and the ocean. I did not set you free to show my disciples that a storm outside and the storm inside can be set free in moments. I did not come and display the power and the authority of God in this region just to leave this region again. I'm going to remain. You do see me getting in the boat, but you, you, you're going to change this region. The first missionary. So I said, "No, no. He can't be the first. It must be the disciples." No. Long before Jesus sent the disciples, Jesus sent a demonized man that was set free. He said, "Now you go." Where did I go, you, "You go, you go, share. Who? Where? Come on, read it with me. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And now He had mercy on you. So the man went away, began to tell in Decapolis and much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. The same people that said, go, that man went back. Where should I go? He said, go back to your family. they the ones that put me there. You go and you tell them, show them. If they see you, you are my greatest testimony. It's not about what you can say. It's about what I've made and what I've done in you. You go tell them who did what they are seeing. You go share this with them. But can't I go with you? No. I, I, it would be better if I go with you. Yeah, for you, yes. But not for them. If some of you are going, possibly? we would have loved if you just stopped before this last little bit. how often do we want to seek the comfort of the boat with Jesus and the disciples? And how often does he have to say, I love you so much, but I have to say no because I love them too. But Lord, they don't want you. They don't want you. They've seen what you did and they're chasing you away, yes. But that's how they feel about me. That's not how I feel about them. Is there anything unclear? Is this clear? Please, if there's things destroying you on the inside, if there are oppression or the enemy is stealing and ruining you on the inside, don't stay where you are. Get on your knees before Jesus. Please, if you see what Jesus does, remember this. Just as much as he loves you, He loves those around you. Please remember that 2,000 pigs and one soul, for Jesus, no discussion. Yeah, and I know that you're not a pig farmer, but hey, it's lots of stuff (laughs) that we need to say. Okay, Lord, if you need this to set him free, then let it be so. I don't know about you, but I feel there's a lot in this that we need to learn. I feel God is ministering and sharing and teaching each and every one of us, but I don't think it's just one lesson. Are we in agreement? So can I pray for us that whatever he's addressing in our hearts, he would deal with it in a way that only he can. Father, this morning, we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for making us in your image. Thank you, Lord, that we can testify that you can and will and does deliver and set free and renew. You restore, Lord, your image in each and every one of us, man and woman truly alive in Christ. That is your glory, your testimony. Lord, we pray that you would help us not to value anything, Above what you value most. Father, I pray that you would help us to stay where you want us to stay. You would help us, Lord, not to value so, to have our values so distorted that we ask you to leave areas of our lives where we do not want to surrender. I pray, Lord, as you teach us, teach us to be willing to say, Lord, stay, remain, and renew every heart, every place, every portion of who we are and what we do. We wanna invite you, Lord, come. Come to our shores. Come to the shore of my life. Come to the shore of my home and restore what is distorted. Set free what is captive still. I pray, Lord, renew our hearts and our thoughts. But Father, I also pray that you would help us. Help us to be strong and tenacious. As So very often we would love to be in the comfort of the boat. But you want us to be strong so that you can love through us, minister through us send the testimony of Your glory and Your grace through us. We pray, Lord, that You would strengthen us through Your Spirit so that we can live according to Your glory and Your desire. In Jesus' name we pray. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. i